The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded May 25th, 2023. Enjoy! Welcome to the June edition of Life in the Tax Lane, summer break just around the corner. Joe, Hugh, you got your Bermuda shorts on? Ready to rock and roll? Caitlin, I actually do. Check this out. Here, look at that. That's a big leg. Take over. You're going to have to trust that I'm wearing shorts. (laughs) It is summer. What do we got to talk about for tax this month, gang? Yes, first off, we are seeing more and more of these tax, not fax-free, tax-free first home savings account uh, being marketed. And you may wonder, okay, how does this brand new first home savings account plan compare to the existing RRSP plans or TFSA plans, which is the best investment vehicle for me, for my kids, for my clients. We've referenced a great RBC article, which lines up these three plans head on, compares, contrasts, different planning opportunities, facts, similarities, differences of these plans. So a great article to take a quick peek at. You know, when you're making those comparisons, Kate, it's so important to objectively compare the results. Apparently, there's a study out that says people are just drawn to the words tax-free, and they might pick that in preference to a plan that's better for them just because of the optics, which I guess shouldn't surprise us when we look at marketing issues. Uh, Another new financial product, maybe not quite as wide-reaching, but... uh, We see generous individuals who want to leave a legacy behind to their favorite charity, and often they'll buy a life insurance policy, permanent insurance on their own life to benefit the charity. One of the problems they've had with that, though, is you can't just fund an insurance policy with one payment and walk away. That wouldn't meet the requirements for it to be tax exempt. Well, one of the life insurance companies figured out, why would the charity care whether the policy is tax exempt? Charities aren't taxable anyway. So they've rolled out what they call the MyPAR gift participating life insurance policy, which is one payment and walk away. So I kick in the premium. It's got to be at least 10,000 bucks. My charity gives me my receipt. They take the money and buy the policy. And okay, we're done. Everything's paid in one shot. They're going to get the ultimate insurance benefit. There are some other fine-tuning bells and whistles you may want to look at. There's a nice FAQ online about the MyPAR gift plan. And my guess is this is not going to be the only insurance company offering something like this if it takes off. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hugh, thank you very much. That's a great tip. Um, you know, one of the other things that we want to be aware of this day when it comes to sort of uh, estate planning is uh, changes to the CPP. We've got these enhancements, which uh, we had a rollout that started five years ago. So we're now just ending the first phase of these enhancements. We're just entering into the second phase of it. So just a couple of things. First of all, these enhancements are intended to increase the amount of CPP that you'll be getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, on in, in retirement or later on. But obviously, that's going to come with an additional upfront cost. So that's what we're seeing right now. Um, the last five years, well, basically, CRA released a great um, sort of letter talking about how this is going to work. And I'm just going to point out a few things from it. First of all, uh, we have 
three components. The first component is the base contributions. So that is basically the, that 4.95% of your our yearly maximum uh, pensionable earnings or YIMPI, we'll call it YIMPI for today. Um, <laughs> so we have that amount. It's both the employer and the employee have to contribute that, that amount. Now, the first phase in that, that happened over the last five years was an additional 1% uh, uh, you know, on YIMPI. So that additional 1%, that is the first phase. That has now completed, or, 20, or 2023, this is the final year of sort of the rollout of that. Now we're going to have phase two starting in 2024, which is you start off with your YMP, you increase that by 7%, and that will give you your YAMP. So it's sort of like a second ceiling, a second maximum pensionable earnings ceiling. And the earnings in between those two figures is going to be subject to a 4% contribution rate for the employer and the employee. So that additional amount, that's happening, 2024. So that's a pretty big bump. Um, mm -hmm. Next year, YAMP is not going to be 7% higher than YMP it's going to be 14% higher. So that is the final portion of the phase-in of the second half, um, 2025, all in. And from that point forward, our YAMPI numbers will just go up with the YIMPI that underlies the calculation. So we're just watching out for that. Uh, if you're an employer, costs are going to be going up. You're going to have to pay a lot more for your employees, but hopefully they'll be better protected in the future. So keep your eyes on that. So I just got to say, you're talking about YIMPI, YAMPI. All that <laughs> I can hear in my head is YIMPI, YAMPI, everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everybody's happy, but now I'm not going to be able to not think about that today. Okay, well, Caitlin, why don't you bring us down a little bit and talk yeah. about something else tax related? Yeah, absolutely. I'll bring everybody down. Or you. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about withholdings on rent paid to non-residents. So think about uh, maybe yourself, maybe your kids, your parents. They're, they're renters and they're paying rent to their landlord. Now, if their landlord happens to be a non-resident, then there is a requirement under the Income Tax Act for that renter to withhold 25% of the rent uh, and provide it to the CRA. Now, the question we had here is, okay, uh, I didn't realize my landlord was a non-resident. I missed withholding that 25%. I'm not liable for that tax, am I? And the court said, you, my friend, are liable. You are hooped. There is no kind of excuse because you didn't know or, or anything like that. So you got to be really careful when making rent payments uh, to a landlord who you think, oh, might be a non-resident. You got to dig deeper into that big cost of making the mistake here. Well, I wish I had some good news from the courts, but unfortunately, the Federal Court of Appeal has resolved an issue we've seen in front of the federal courts a few times. Uh, you go on parental leave, you take your EI benefits, you gotta make a choice. Do I want the standard model or do I want extended benefits? And you end up getting more or less the same amount, but you get smaller amounts per week over more weeks with extended benefits. And we've seen cases where individuals realize afterwards they should have gone the other way or they made a mistake, they didn't realize what they were checking off. Uh, some have even gone to court and said, the government information was super misleading and I didn't get the right answers from the guy I talked to on the phone. And at the lower courts, they've had some sympathy for this. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna say the Federal Court of Appeal had no sympathy, but they had no good solution. They said, the rule is clear. Once you make your choice, tick the box, 
get your first payment, you're done. There's no way to change to the other approach. So a good reminder that uh, often we got to slow down, read the fine print on any deal we're making and be confident in the decision we're making because we may not be able to change our minds later. Mm. Well, thanks very much for that, Hugh. And in pursuit of unhappiness, uh, there's one more item that I need to uh, talk about here, and that is in respect of the COVID-19 benefits. So we know that uh, a, a number of benefits have paid out, been paid out, CERB, CRB, and uh, they might have been paid out in, inappropriately. And CRA has mentioned a number of times we're going to crack down on this, we're going to collect it. Uh, we might even start setting these amounts off. And when we're talking about set-offs, we're talking about things like uh, maybe you're expecting a big tax refund, yet you still owe uh, a COVID benefit back. Well, they're going to offset your refund with those amounts. There's a CBC article that just came out in respect of this and saying, yeah, this is actually what's happening. We see that there have been $237 million in set-offs up to this point. Um, so a, a lot of money trading, changing hands, or I guess staying in the same hands in that case. Uh, so we've, we've got to be uh, aware of it. And there was also one individual who was quoted in this article uh, basically saying, listen, I had a repayment plan set up with CRA. Uh, however, even though I had this plan in place, they still did the set off against my tax refund. So I guess the point here is just be aware that this kind of thing is happening. Mm -hmm. You? Joe, it was also amazing to see they'd collected over a billion dollars before they even started collecting from setoffs. Uh, one other area CRA has been vocal about in uh, recent months is classification of workers as employees or independent contractors, even incorporated employees that may be conducting a personal services business, with a bit of a focus on the trucking sector, among other areas. Well, we've also got trucking industry associations who don't like this driver ink model where the trucker incorporates. But we saw a fairly recent court case where they didn't go so far as to incorporate, but they did sign contracts that seemed to adopt a lot of the driver ink methodology. And the court looked at this and said, based on the specific arrangements I'm seeing here, they are self-employed drivers of the trucking company's trucks. They're not employees. So that's going to be tough to fight against. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2023. All rights reserved.